Welcome to church, everyone. Mother's Day 2020. If you have a mother in the room or in the car with you right now, please take a moment. Would you just appreciate them? Would you tell them thank you? And if uh, that person is your mother, uh, thank her for life and thank her for all the love and all the efforts that uh, she's given and often unnoticed and unappreciated. Let her, let her know you do appreciate her right now. This morning, in honor of Mother's Day, we're going to look at the actions of a brave and some courageous women, at least one of them we know for sure was a mother. These women were brave and courageous and fought off fear. And 2,000 years later, they still serve as great examples for us. Uh, Why? Because they lived fearless in a time when everyone else was cowering in fear. These women had every reason to run and hide in fear, but love, the love of Christ, empowered them and enabled them to stay and resist fear. Here's what you need to know. Fear shouts at us. It it yells and screams, go, run and hide, freeze, don't do anything, don't don't do the right thing, Just, just cower there and do nothing. We're going to see these women had the remedy for fear, and the remedy for fear is the love, the love of Jesus Christ. These these women were so filled with the love of Jesus, they were willing to risk their very lives instead of running and hiding in fear like everyone else was. Locate with me on your phone in your Bible. We're in John chapter 19. We're going to start with verse 25. And here's what uh, John, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes. Now, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here's your son. And to the disciple, here's your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for uh, your word, and uh, thank you that it speaks so clearly to the issue of fear. And I'm praying, Lord, that you might show us how we can take these principles from your book and apply them to our very lives. I want to say thank you. Thank you for each and every mother who's joining us today online, and I'm praying, Lord, that they might feel your love, your presence as we dig into your word. Lord, I I pray that each of the mothers that that are joining us right now would feel lots of love and appreciation. They might sense your hand of blessing and your applause upon their lives. And Lord, thank you for these brave women that we're going to examine this morning. Lord, I pray that as we dig into John 19 and 20, that you'll show us why they were able to be brave and courageous. And I pray specifically right now for those who are watching who are struggling with fear. I suspect there are lots right now. Lord, they're they're overwhelmed with what's going on around them. And I pray, Lord, for victory. I pray for relief from the chains and the bondage of fear. And all the church family watching from Walloon Lake and East Jordan and Lanson said with one United voice. Come on, say it with me. Amen. 
I would argue that we are living right now today in the midst of the most fear-filled days, at least in my lifetime. I, I understand there was a lot that went on uh, in my parents' lifetime and uh, grandparents, but today, in my lifetime, there's lots of fear. Uncertainty is all around us. Uh, the coronavirus pandemic has gutted our economy. Ten years worth of job growth wiped out in a single month. Just let that soak in. Ten years gone. From a record low 3.5 unemployment rate, now we're up 15 to 20 percent. Uh, 33 and a half million people and growing unemployed. And that includes many of you watching today. You had a job, and now it's gone. If you have retirement investments in the stock market, uh, and you've gotten the, uh, the mail that tells you the value, you've lost, on average, between 20 and 30% of the value just in the last eight weeks. Been in the store recently and tried to buy a hamburger? Uh, <laughs> been to Wendy's to get a Dave's Double? or a Baconator, uh, they're not available right now. Right now, our nation's food chain is not doing well. Uh, approximately 1.2 million people in the U.S. have confirmed cases of coronavirus, and over 70,000 people in the U.S. have died. I, I think this, this time reminds us just how fragile and how vulnerable that we really are. Never could have, we, we would have thought, no way, we're strong, we're, we're, we're a very powerful nation. None of us could have imagined what's happening right now back in January or February just of this year. And some of you, especially men, I know because uh, I am one of you, uh, we think, well, I, I'm not afraid, I'm not fearful. I, I would argue that, that fear shows itself differently in men. And you'd say, I'm not afraid, I'm just irritated. I'm not afraid, I'm just frustrated. I'm, I'm not irritated, I'm just impatient. I'm not irritated, I'm just angry. I would suggest to you that the root cause of most of that is fear and uncertainty. It, it, it's the same root, it just shows itself much differently in the male population. Before we examine the brave women of John 19 and 20, I'd like to present to you the answer, the reason for their courage, okay? So uh, we're going to do a little bit of jeopardy. We're going to give you the answer first, and then we'll look at the question. First uh, John 4 and verse 18 says this, there's no fear in love, no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love. The perfect love that drives out fear is the love of Jesus Christ, God with skin on, the second person of the Trinity. The love of Jesus that removes eternal punishment and judgment from our lives as followers of Jesus, and then that same love that removes punishment fills our lives with His Spirit with His presence, with His agape. Now, the opposite of 
fear is not courage. Most of us, if we say, well, what's the opposite of fear? Well, that would be being brave and courageous. I would argue the opposite of fear is love. The opposite of fear is the love of Jesus Christ, and it's that love, you see it in 1 Corinthians 13, it's that love of Jesus filling our lives that drives out fear, and suddenly now courage takes its place. You understand? When the agape of Jesus is flowing, when we daily invite Jesus to take charge, some bad days hourly invite Jesus to take charge of our lives. His presence, His Spirit drives out the fear that latches on so easily to our hearts and our minds. Now just pause. The prince of the power of the air, it's another name for Satan, the ruler of this present fallen sinful world is Satan, the devil, and his demonic legions and armies. Do you understand? And I would argue that right now the prince of the power of the air is taking full advantage of this current crisis. (laughs) The, The prince of the power of the air is pouring his evil gasoline to create a firestorm of fear and worry and panic, even amongst followers of Jesus Christ. So he's doing everything he can to increase the fear, the worry, the panic, because when, when you get filled with fear, worry, and panic, you can't move. You, you can't take your stand against Satan and his demonic legion. You're, you're no threat. Which is where Romans 8.28 becomes so wonderful, because our awesome God, the God of the Bible, takes this painful, ugly, fear-filled garbage of this fallen, sinful world and even uses viruses, and even uses pandemics, and he even uses jobless situations. He even uses uncertainty and the unknown to work out good stuff in the lives of his children. Do you understand? So, so God, our awesome God, takes the evil gasoline and the ugliness, and he works powerfully to challenge us, to grow us, to make us stronger to make us more and more like His Son, Jesus Christ, even though we're facing trials and troubles that that we don't enjoy at all. John chapter 19, back to the text we just read. Uh, Near the cross of Jesus was Mary. We know she was a mother, the earthly mother of Jesus. His mother's sister, perhaps a mother as well, the earthly aunt of Jesus, Mary, the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene. So you have three Marys, an aunt, and John, the one inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this gospel. Now here's my question. Where was everyone else? Where where was Peter and James and Matthew and Simon and Matthias? Where were the rest of the disciples? Well, it just so happens John 20 and verse 25 tells us the answer. It says, they were hiding together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Where were they? They were hiding, it says, in fear. Fear kept 10 of the 11 disciples hiding in place when Jesus was on the cross, dying 
for their sins. Let that soak in. He, he was shedding His blood for their sins, and they're hiding away in fear. So that was Friday. Sun goes down. It's the Sabbath. Jesus is buried in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, Luke 23, verse 51. They quickly wrapped the body of Jesus in a cloth, laid him in a tomb, and they hurried back. They didn't want to cause any more ruckus. It was the Sabbath. They went home. They prepared the spices for burial later. So the Sabbath is over. It's early Sunday morning. Who do you suppose is going to go to the tomb and properly bury the body of Jesus? Who, who do you think is going to go with spices and perfumes and go and take care of the body of their Lord? Luke chapter 24, verse 1 tells us no men were involved. <laughs> They're all still hiding. Joseph of Arimathea, he likely paid for the spices and the perfumes. He likely allowed his tomb to be used. Remember Nicodemus back in John chapter 3? He's not going near the grave. There's no John. There's no other ten disciples showing up to take care of the body of their Lord. Um, Luke 24, 1 explains, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, women, the women, took the spices they'd prepared and went to the tomb of Jesus. Verse 10, Luke 24, tells us specifically it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others. Could be the others that were there at the cross. There, there were others along with Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, who were brave enough to go to a tomb that they knew earlier was guarded by Roman soldiers. They, they risked it. They did. Now, when you go back to John chapter 20, that focuses on Mary Magdalene. She, with some other courageous women, went to the tomb, saw the stone rolled away, and it tells us, John 20, Mary Magdalene takes off and she runs to the place where the disciples are hiding. Okay? So she knows where they're at, and she says, John 20, verse 2, they've taken the body of our Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where the body of Jesus is. So Peter and John take off running to the tomb. Just picture that in your brain, okay? Verses 3 and 4, John is the faster runner. Uh, many say that he probably was younger than Peter at this time, and he reaches the tomb first. So John reaches the tomb, and it says he looks inside, but he didn't go inside the tomb. Verse 6, as usual, Peter just barges right in to the tomb. He sees the strips of lemon. He sees the face cloth right where Jesus was, and he writes, uh, he believed that Jesus was alive. Verse 10, John chapter 20. So in, in John's head, that was proof. Oh yeah, I remember he, he predicted this. He's alive. But what's interesting, he's not going to linger in this place any longer than necessary. Why? Because this was the place where Jesus was put, and he knew it was a dangerous place. This was a scary time. So it seems he heads right back to that locked place where they're hiding in place. So the men leave go, and go back, and now Mary Magdalene is left at the tomb all alone, crying. 
verse 11. And because of her great love for Jesus that drove out the fear that gripped her, why was she still there? She had so much love for Jesus that she was going to hang in there even despite very dangerous times. All the others were gone. Mary's love is rewarded here. John chapter 20, it says, uh, He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, Mary said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned to him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus says, don't, don't hold on to me. I've not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord, and she told them that he said these things to her. The first person that Jesus appears to, risen from the dead, Mary Magdalene. Why? Why would Jesus choose her? I'd like to take you back to Luke chapter 8 and verse 2. Uh, Luke 8 tells us that when Jesus first met Mary, she was inhabited by seven demons, seven evil spirits, if you will. Her life was out of control, a sinful, awful mess filled with chaos and evil, and then Jesus comes and throws out those seven demons. And from that point on, Mary was all in. From that point on, Mary Magdalene, deep devotion, deep love for her Lord and Savior, Jesus. He was the priority. He was the passion. She was all about following Jesus. Why was Mary's love so strong that even the threat of arrest, even the threat of suffering and being tortured for being with Jesus at the cross and the, truth and the tomb, why doesn't fear hold Mary back? That's the question. And here's the answer. A couple of verses just before it tells us about uh, Mary Magdalene's background. Luke writes about a sinful woman who anointed Jesus with a bottle of perfume that cost $30,000. $30,000. I'm looking at Pastor Jason and Pastor Andy and Pastor Brant and their wonderful husbands. I don't see them spending $30,000 on a bottle of perfume for anybody. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 and 38. But, but this woman takes the perfume and dumps it all on Jesus. And uh, here's the little exchange. There's a Pharisee named Simon, and he's putting on this banquet, and he's mad. How dare you? Do you know who this sinful woman is who's wiping your feet with her hair? And here's what Jesus says. This is, this is the point I want to get to. Whoever has been forgiven little loves little, but whoever has been forgiven much loves much. Luke 7, 46 and 47. We'll say it again. Whoever's been forgiven little loves little. Whoever's been forgiven much loves much. It seems 
very clear, Mary never forgot how much she'd been forgiven by Jesus. I'm convinced that forgiveness motivated her walk and support, and and it drove out that, that appreciation she loved much, and therefore the fear was just driven away. Everyone else, (laughs) they're scared to come around. But the perfect love of Jesus that filled up Mary's life drove out the fear. Okay, Pastor Jeff, uh, I'm a follower of Jesus and I love Jesus, uh, but I got to admit I'm still afraid. I'm still fearful. Or for you men, I'm still irritated. I'm still frustrated. I'm I'm still impatient and angry. How can we get victory and relief from the grip of fear? That's how I want to close this morning. I want to give you four practical steps. How do we get victory and relief from the grip of fear? First, just like Mary, we can never forget how much sin Jesus has forgiven me of. Understand? That's the first thing, because you've got to remember how great a sinner you really are at core, and, and you've got to say, you know what, I know how much He's forgiven me, and He's forgiven much, and therefore that motivates me to love much. 1 Timothy 1, verse 15, the Apostle Paul writes this, because uh, I think this is what motivated Paul. He said, Christ Jesus came to save sinners, of whom I'm the worst. Paul? Really? Paul was convinced he was the worst sinner there ever was, okay? And that motivated Paul to put his life on the line. That's what drove out the fear of Paul and kept him marching on. He knew he was a, a great sinner. He says the worst of sinners. And that's what enabled Paul to keep marching on, even in the face of fear and opposition and persecution and beatings and and all sorts of awful things. Forgiven much, love much, drives out the fear. Luke chapter 7, Simon the Pharisee, contrast, was convinced that he was good and nice and moral and he really didn't need saving because he was a good guy. Therefore, Jesus tells Simon the Pharisee, you've showed me very little love, You, you showed me almost no devotion Whereas the sinful woman washed Jesus with her hair, $30,000 worth of perfume, showed amazing love for Jesus. And she had no fear of what everybody at the banquet and everybody watching the courtyard would have thought. She was all in and she showed it with her extravagant love for Jesus Christ. Same is true for Mary Magdalene. She, she faced arrest. She faced uh, torture. She faced being martyred, crucified herself. And why was she able to do that? I'm telling you, she remembered she had been forgiven much. (laughs) She loved much. And that's the secret for me. I need to regularly remember what a great sinner I am and how much Jesus has forgiven me. Same is true for you. Constantly rehearsing. You know what? I am a great sinner, and when you realize how much you've been forgiven, that drives us to show much love, and that drives out the fear around us. It really does. Second practical step 
to get victory and relief from chains of fear. Jesus inhabits His Word. He does. Jesus inhabits His Word. The love of Jesus inhabits the love letters that He's written to us, the Bible. This is His letters of love and instruction. And if I had the power uh, to force you to do something right now, um, I would say you must download the Version Bible app. Get that on your smartphone, get that on your computer, your iPad. Uh, if, if I could force you to do something right now, and, and, and I can't, I'm, I'm your pastor, not your governor, I would just say you must download Version Bible app. Why? It, it's got dozens of versions of the Bible. <laughs> and you can find the one that you'll enjoy, and sometimes it's good to switch it up if you can't sleep at night, it's a great way to fall asleep. Take it to the Psalms, hit it, fall asleep listening to God's Word. I'm just telling you, it's great. It has thousands of Bible studies on every topic imaginable. And here's, here's kind of a nice thing I'm seeing more and more. You can do studies with family, with friends. We've got lots of folks in the church family who are on doing studies, and you can invite them to join you, and together you can be studying God's Word. So, so here's my question. What are you waiting for? It's free. No, if you had to buy this, I think it'd cost 100 bucks. So, so what are you waiting for? Okay, I know some of you. Uh, so ask your children or your grandkids. They'll help you find the app store and download it for you. But I promise you, if you'll take some time and learn it, what an amazing tool. Third step to get victory and relief from the chains of fear. Create or borrow from someone a Jesus-loving, praising playlist. You can, you can contact me, contact Brent, contact Jason, Andy. We'll get you a playlist. Music that's full of Scripture, full of truth, that lifts high our thoughts and our attitudes. It reminds us of the great love and grace of Jesus toward us. You, you get a playlist, maybe an hour or two, and you play that thing regularly, I promise you. Oh yeah, I remember how much He loves me. And music has a way of reaching your heart and your soul that, that nothing else can. So get on Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, uh, create a drive out the fear playlist. Drive out the anger, drive out the worry, drive out the frustration playlist. Do you understand? And, and sing with gratitude in your hearts. And when you're feeling grumpy and irritable and impatient these days, when you feel worried and overwhelmed, heck that playlist. I promise you. Now, all week long, I've been singing a song from Zach Williams, um, and I'd love to play this for you. It's called Fear is a Liar. Unfortunately, for copyright reasons, uh, Andy tells me we can't play it, okay? Uh, so this is forcing me in, into a tough situation because, uh, anyway, you'll understand. So it's so good, and, and it talks about fear, he is a liar, talking about Satan taking opportunities and making them far worse, pouring evil gasoline on the situation. So, so um, 
Here, here we go. A little bit. I, it's so good, you got to hear this. Go. Fear, he is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear, he is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire. Cause fear, he is a liar. It is. Great song. Go get it. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. Uh, it's great stuff. Anyway, quick review. Remember, first way, how do we get victory over fear? Remember and review how great a sinner you really are. And I just remind myself, I'm the greatest sinner I know is me. Second, get ourselves into the love letters. Do that. I, I would recommend version Bible app. But if you already have a way to get into God's Word, that's great. Keep using that one. Third, God inhabits the praise of His people. Denise and I almost daily, we're hitting playlist, drives out the fear, drives out the frustration, drives out the irritation and the worry. Fourth, and we're done. Hebrews 13.5 tells us something that's crucial. Great promise. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Now, what's interesting, Hebrews 13.5 is a promise wrapped in five negatives, okay? So, if, if I said it to you in English like it says in the Greek, it would read like this. Catch this. I will never, 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 never leave you or forsake you. Absolutely not. <laughs> Isn't that better? You, you get the idea. I will never, 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 never leave you or forsake you. Absolutely not, says the Lord. I don't know about you, but I have to preach that to myself daily. Jesus will never leave me. Jesus will never forsake me. Would you say it out loud with me? Jesus will never leave me. Jesus will never forsake me. You've got to keep saying that again. And I need to remind myself that I'm never alone. I'll never be abandoned. I'm never on my own. If I've invited Jesus to be my Savior and Lord, He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And He won't you either. Now, how do you remember that? I just read uh, Pastor Ray Pritchard. He said, uh, children's sermon he heard 40 years ago. Don't, doesn't have a clue what else the man said. But he said, I've never forgotten this. So we'll start with our thumb. I will never leave you. Got it? I will never leave you. Okay, now I want everybody. Kids, get your parents going with you. Here we go. I will never leave you. Let that soak in. Let that burn in one last time. I will never leave you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why not? For thou art with me. I will never leave you. Let's pray. Forgive us, Lord, for forgetting that you'll never, never, ever leave us. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to drive out the fear 
the frustration, the impatience, the worry, the anger that the liar wants to chain us with. And Lord, we recognize that the solution, the answer to driving out fear is the perfect love of your son, Jesus. I pray that you'll help me, help my friends, church family. Lord, help us to keep driving out the fear of the liar. And as we close today, possibly you're listening and you've never realized you're a great sinner, just like me, just like the Apostle Paul. And Jesus is your great Savior. I challenge you, if you're still listening, would you open the door of your life by faith right now? Jesus, right now you can say, I I believe. (laughs) I'm ready to have you in. Enough of this fear, this worry, this frustration, this impatience. Jesus, I believe you are the sinless Lamb of God. I believe, Jesus, you took my place on the cross. Jesus, I believe you shed your blood for my greatest problem. I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe that early Sunday morning, you didn't stay dead. You arose from the dead. And right now, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior, my friend. I open the door of my life, and I invite you in. And Lord, with your presence and your love and your grace, I want to start driving out the fear, the anger, the worry, the impatience, all the stuff that the liar throws on us. Take charge of my life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you made that decision, we'd love to get you off started on on the journey, your journey with Jesus. Let us know. We'll get you a Bible. We'll get you some material to help you start growing. We love you. We're praying for you. We'd rejoice with you if you'd let us know. Thank you for joining us. If you need prayer, if you need help in any way, we're here for you. WalloonChurch.com call us. We love you. We miss you. Hope to be with you soon. Lord bless you.